Happy New Year. Can't believe that we are in 2021. It's so good to be gathering in Jesus' name. Right now we're all online, uh, but it's, it's good to be gathering even though we're not physically present together, but God is with us as we've been learning. Uh, today I've titled this message, Learning to Hear God in a New Decade. I mean, you know, we're going into a new decade this year. So as we go into this new decade, the reality is as we, we need to understand that we have had 10 years that we're kicking off. 10 years. By that time next year, I'll actually be uh, basically, I believe, 66. In 10 years, I'll be 66. Uh, that's hard to believe. I'm sure you could do the math for your uh, your lives, uh, but we're all going to be different in 10 years. But as we kick off this 10 years, as I prayed about what to preach on this morning, I felt really led of God to talk about how to hear God's voice. And one of the ways that we do it at New Life is that we're looking at uh, starting this year of 2021 with a fast, uh, a prayer and fasting season, a corporate prayer and fasting season. And what that will start on the kickoff on the 10th. There will also be uh, concluding on the 31st. So there's 21 days. Uh, some of you, I realize, have never done it. So we're this Wednesday coming up, we're going to be uh, doing a training. I'm going to be doing a training on how to fast. Maybe some of you have questions. We'll be able to answer those questions. It's going to be a Zoom uh, link that's going to be sent out to you, but you must request it. So um, contact the office. I will send out an email to our list uh, with instructions how to do that. Um, the title of this message is Learning How to Hear God in a New Decade. How do we begin to hear God? Uh, Joshua 3.5 says, Joshua told the people, and God had told them to tell the people this. He says, consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. It's been a very hard year. 2020 was a very hard year. But as we look to 2021, I believe God wants us to consecrate ourselves and to be able to start this next decade consecrating ourselves to the Lord. How do we do that? What, in fact, what does consecrate mean? Basically, to consecrate means to set ourselves aside for God, to set aside unto God, ourselves unto God. Uh, Second Chronicles 7, 13 through 14, the temple was being dedicated by Solomon. And Solomon had built it for the first time. Uh, this was a very important time in the history of the Israelite nation. King David had passed on the reins to Solomon. God told David, I'm not going to let you build the temple because you have, you're a man of war. And there has been bloodshed. And so your son will build the temple. And so he built the temple. It was a beautiful structure. Why? Because God wanted to dwell with his people. And he wanted us to understand how to worship him, how to enter his presence boldly. And as it was being dedicated, it had been dedicated uh, through uh, king, the king's um, basically message and the prayer time that he had had, God had answered the prayer. And this is God responding to uh, the king uh, for his prayer. 
It says, verse 13, When I shut the, up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command locusts to devour the land, or send a plague among the people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. I don't know about you, but that makes me think a lot about our country today. There is a plague that we've experienced a plague. We've experienced a lot of hardship, and there's been a lot of uh, problems in our nation uh, this past year, maybe even the last decade. But it gives a promise. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray, then I will hear from heaven. God wants us to pray to seek him, to go after him with all that we have, all that we are. God wants us to pursue him. And I believe this is the season. As a church, we're going saying, God, we want to seek after you. Uh, but what is fasting? A prayer we know is communication with God. It's not only communicating with God, talking to God, but also listening to God. What does God have to say to us? Uh, and through that time of pulling ourselves back, fasting is actually basically, if you look at Scripture, fasting always involves food. It means that we would abstain from food. There's two Greek words, both the Hebrew word in the Old Testament and also the Greek word in the New Testament. Basically, both instances had a meaning to abstain from food. In other words, to not eat food during that time of prayer and seeking him. Some of you maybe have never done fasting. I grew up in a, a home in a, a church where I, I never remember a, a, a meal of, that was missed. I never remember being taught about what fasting was. And so I had to learn it as an adult. I had to learn it even after Bible school. When I came to New Life is when I began to understand that God wanted us to fast and seek his face. I remember friends in grade school talking about how they were not eating meat during Lent, but never understood or participated. I had a lot of people that had grown up in the Catholic Church, and so even in the Catholic tradition, we're taught that during Lent, we're not supposed to be eating meat. But really, there was an abstaining of certain types of food, but not of food itself. And so this journey we were on was learning what fasting was all about. In Bible school, I read and understood that fasting was in the Bible, but never had seen it or saw it modeled to be able to learn about it. And so I was basically clueless about it. I wanted to serve God. I wanted, I, I wanted to go God's way. I wanted to make an impact with my life. But I never really understood the power that we as believers have with fasting and prayer. And then in, during... Basically, the early 90s, God began to impress on my heart to learn how to fast. And so thus began uh, this practice. And so I would feel God nudging me to fast. And, and when I would actually make a decision to fast, I would actually go to work that day. And I'm saying, God, I'm going to fast you for the, I'm going to fast and abstain from food and pray and seek your face for the next three days. And I would go to work that day and they never happened too often, but usually when I was fasting is when they would offer free food for lunch. 
And I'll never forget one day when I was, I had set my mind to fast and seek God, and I show up at work, and there is Giordano's pizza for free, all you can eat. But I already had made a commitment to say, God, I'm not going to eat. And so I had to make a decision. I'm not going to touch the pizza. And I was so disappointed. That was hard. And so even as we think about practically what it means to fast, I know that you, uh, maybe those of you who have practiced, it's not something that we enjoy. I, I don't enjoy not eating. I love food. I love eating. I love tasting different types of food. Uh, so you're going to learn. And as we learn through this, we're going to grow through it. But whole purpose is that we would be able to hear God, listen to God's voice, understand what he has for our lives, understand what the plan is that he has for us, even sometimes direction during this season. How do we reach people during this season? How do we, how do we um, share the gospel with people? How do we love our community that God has planted us in? How can we see more people come to know that? The scripture has a lot to say about fasting. Jesus spoke about fasting. Our leader folk spoke about fasting and prayer. In fact, in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus talked about it. He says, when you give, so he, there's disciplines that we as followers of Christ need to have in our life. He says, when you give. So giving is a discipline. It teaches us that we can't have anything grabbing a hold of our heart, that nothing should be tied to our heart except our love for Jesus. Not on the material possessions should never grab a hold of our hearts and, and be led by our hearts. But our giving, we need to learn how to give in discipline. We need to pray. He says, Jesus said this, when you pray, this is how you should pray. Uh, if you want to look up Matthew chapter 6, you can look that up. But also, when you fast. And one of the disciplines that Jesus spoke about was fasting. In fact, I'm sure he fasted. In fact, the disciples would sometimes offer him a meal as he was, they were ministering together. Um, and Jesus said, no, I... I have a bread that you do not know of. And that bread is, is you, you, you have no concept of what that bread is. But he was saying, listen, I, I have a bread that you know not of. Um, he's expecting his followers to have certain disciplines in their lives. And those are just examples of three of those disciplines that he calls us to do. Um, but what about hearing the voice of God? Some of you are new believers. You've just come to Christ. And so... Uh, you, you are wondering, how do I hear God's voice? Is it a literal voice? I, I believe it could be, but not really. God usually speaks through what he's already revealed in his word, the, the scriptures. We see that we are to hear for God and what he's saying. Now he speaks to us by his Holy Spirit. I believe it's a still small voice. He impresses on us different truths, different verses he brings to mind, uh, different situations we're going through, God will speak to us uh, about those situations and gives us wisdom as we look to him and call God, God, give us wisdom during this situation. He will give us wisdom on what to do. But uh, the greatest story that God led me to as I prepared this message was 1 Samuel 3, 1 through 10. I want to invite you to turn there. 1 Samuel 3, 1 to 10. Now, Samuel was a, uh, it has a real interesting story because his life and destiny was birthed by his mother 
through the whole concept of prayer. She was a woman that basically longed to have a child, and she was barren. And so every time they would go to the temple to worship or the tabernacle to worship uh, back in the Old Testament in Judges, we see that she cried out to God and she wept so bitterly before God, uh, crying out to God. In fact, at one point, the Eli, the, 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 the priest of that time in that season, he thought that she was drunk. She was there in the temple crying out to God before him. And, and basically, he thought she was drunk. And then God spoke to the priest and said, listen, by this, year, by this time next year, you will be pregnant and you will give birth to a son. And God, Hannah, before God in her prayer, uh, uh, before God said, listen, God, if you give me a son, I will dedicate him to you. And so God brought this son, Samuel, at a young age and basically gave him to the, te to the Lord and presented him to the Lord at a young age. And basically he began to serve in the temple. So God had a plan because eventually Samuel would become a prophet. He would become a judge that God would use to help lead God's people back to himself in a relationship with himself. And, but as we look at this, we see God in, in the story. This is a story when God begins to speak to Samuel. He begins to hear God's voice, but he doesn't know what to do with it. He doesn't know how to respond to God's voice. In fact, there was a poem that was written uh, before by an unknown author, basically based on this Samuel's story. And this is the poem. It says this, Oh, give me Samuel's ear, an open ear, O Lord, alive and quick to hear each whisper of thy word, like him to answer to thy call and to obey thee first of all. What a powerful poem, isn't it? It's a powerful poem that God is saying, listen, I, I want to develop that kind of heart. Now, let's look at the story. In verse 1, it says, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was, Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, and, and Samuel said, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me? But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and laid down. Again, the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me? My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me? Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord. For your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in this place. The Lord came, verse 10, and stood there calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. 
Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. I want you to notice that disposition that he had. Uh, so I kind of titled this message, Listening for Dummies. Listening for Dummies. You know, they have those books for dummies, like a, a Computer 101 for Dummies. Uh, listening for Dummies. Uh, but I want to talk to you about things to keep in mind as you learn to listen for God's voice. Listen, it's going to be a journey. Let me put it that way. But you got to start some way. And I believe your disposition before God, God, I want to listen to your voice. I want to hear your voice, God. Your still small voice. I want to learn how to discern your voice. I want to learn how to follow your leading. And so help me in this process. But here are a few things to keep in mind. The first one to keep in mind, thing that we need, we need to keep in mind is when God speaks, expect him to get your attention and disrupt your routine. Now, Samuel was in a routine. Eli was in a routine. In fact, it, as we saw in the, the passage, it had been uh, many years bef bef that had been silent. God was not speaking a lot. And we see that God begins to speak, so it began to disrupt Samuel's sleep and, of course, Eli's sleep. It became to disrupt the sleep that they were involved in. It, it began to disrupt their lives. It became it began to disrupt the quiet and silence that they were experiencing in the life of the voice of God. God wants to disrupt us. God wants to disrupt our routine. God disrupts our routine somehow, starts us into listening, and it startled us into listening. Um, we know that Samuel did not know the voice of God, so what did he do? He thought Eli was calling him. They were obviously in separate places, uh, but God began to speak to Samuel, and he's calling out Samuel. And so he basically runs to Eli and says, hey, listen, did you call? I mean, he was willing. He was willing and able in response to Eli's voice. I want you to understand something. I really believe if we're unwilling to listen to other people and authority figures in our life, we will not be good at listening to God's voice. Sometimes we, God asks us to do something, and yet many times we don't follow through. We don't, we don't obey. We don't have that, 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 that position, positioning ourselves with humility before God and saying, God, I want to hear your voice for the purpose of obeying your voice. Examples in Scripture of God disrupting routine of life, we see Abram. God disrupted Abram's life. He was living with his family, uh, his extended family, uh, where he was from. And God speaks and asks him to leave family and country. And so it disrupts his life. We see Moses was at the burning bush, the routine of 40 years wandering in the desert. And all of a sudden, God disrupts him by the burning bush experience. See, there's God always disrupts us. But notice that even the people that I'm mentioning, God disrupts us for a purpose. God has a plan. He wants to involve us as his people into this plan. Elisha, when Elijah came and disrupted his plowing, he was plowing. He was going through life. And Elijah the prophet, God had instructed him to go to Elisha and call him out as the next successor. Uh, we see Zechariah, John the Baptist's father, when he was ministering in the temple. 
In the Gospel of Luke, I believe it is, and he's sitting there, and, and God disrupts him. He's serving in the temple as a priest, and God disrupts him, and he disrupts his life, and he couldn't speak for a while because he doubted God and his promise, but was it God? He, he questioned what God was saying. The disciples, when Jesus called them, it disrupted their life. Are you willing this year for God to disrupt your life? Did God disrupt your life in such a powerful way? The Apostle Paul's life was disrupted. He thought he was doing God's will, and God disrupted his life with a purpose and a plan to call him to minister to the nations, the people that were far from God. Some of us need to have our lives disrupted. Our lives have been so monotonous and not impactful for the kingdom of God. Some of us, we need to go on this fast to hear God's voice. Some of us cannot go into the next season of our life of, of great impact for the kingdom of God until we hear God's voice. Are you listening? Are you, is your life, are you ready for your life to be disrupted? At whatever the cost, are you willing for God to disrupt your life so that he can use you in a powerful way? My prayer is that you would have that heart before him. Another thing that we need to keep in mind as we learn to listen for God's voice is that when God speaks, you will need to learn to distinguish his voice from others. Notice Samuel answered him, here I am, and he kept going back to Eli. He didn't know the voice of God. And God is saying, listen, uh, I, you need to learn how to distinguish the voice of God. How do you know it's God that speaks to you or is impressing something on your heart? is asking you to do something. Believe me, like you become familiar with different voices, you also can become very familiar with the voice of God. I had to learn early on uh, how to discern God's voice. And as I begin to fast and seek God, I became more sensitive to the voice of God. I, I started journaling in, my, in, 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 in being able to write down the thoughts that it would come to me as I spent time in God's word. As I spent time praying, I began to journal uh, those, what God was speaking to me about. If I read a hymn uh, or a song and the words spoke to me, I would write them down. And, and I began to piece things together, learning how to discern God's voice. Sometimes God will speak to you on a Sunday, and you think, man, pastor, how do you know? You, sounds like you've been reading my mail. Well, I have not been reading your mail, by the way. It's been the Holy Spirit that is God who knows your mail. He knows what's going on in your life. He knows everything that's happening in your life. And so uh, learning to distinguish his voice from other voices, you become familiar with his voice, uh, that still small voice that speaks to us, so clearly, I like that verse in scripture that tells us, be still and know that I am God. This is a time as we go into the season of slowing down, being quiet before God, uh, taking time to listen and, and, and being quiet before God. Uh, really, we learned last year that that word be still is stop and acknowledge God. Stop and acknowledge God for who he is. Learning how to put not only prayer, but that time of seeking God and fasting before him, saying, saying no to food to say, God, this is so important to me. You are more important to me than anything else in my life. Not used to hearing God, we explain it away. It's just me. 
Sometimes if we're not used to hearing his voice, we can try to explain it away. We try to reason it away. But learning to discern is saying, listen, I have this disposition of my heart to say, God, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to do this next year, whatever you want for my future, God, whatever you want for my family, God, I'm willing to obey you. So speak, oh God, speak into my life. Do you have that disposition in your life to say, God, I need to hear from you? Another thing that we need to keep in mind, thirdly, is when God speaks, a period of confusion may come before breakthrough understanding. Uh, there was obviously confusion on Samuel's part, and Samuel got up and went to Eli. Eli was confused, too, because he thought, well, I'm not calling him. What's, what's going on? And he didn't catch it right away either. Um, but before we understand, we may go through periods of confusion and disorientation. And we might ask ourselves, what is happening? What is God doing? What's he saying? And maybe we don't catch it right away, but God is working. And so trust that God is working uh, as you seek him, as you set aside time to spend with God, as you take time to fast, as we go into this fast, take time and expect God to speak. Expect God to move, even though there might be some confusion of, of, of understanding and growing in this. You're going to grow in it. Don't be discouraged by this. Um, another thing that we need to keep in mind is, fourthly, when God speaks, his voice is patient and gently persistent. Notice that, the, that God spoke to Samuel and called out to him very many times. It wasn't just one time. He called out to him several times. I want to tell you something about God. He longs to have a relationship with you. He wants you to be in tune with him. He wants you to hear his voice. He wants you to recognize his voice. Ultimately, he wants us to obey his voice, his word, what he's asking us to do. But he is patient in teaching us. He is patient in teaching us how to follow his voice, how to discern his voice. And he's persistent. I believe sometimes we are hard-headed. We can be hard of hearing. Sometimes we resist him because we don't like what God's asking us to do. Sometimes we can get stubborn in our will before God, but I believe that God wants us to be yielded to him. And I want you to notice something really interesting in verse 7. When it comes to hearing the voice of God, the, the narrator writes this down as he was led by the Spirit of God to write down this. Verse 7 is, gives us a, a, a real powerful insight into Samuel's life. Look at verse 7. He says, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Did you catch that? He did not know the Lord. This is so important because the only way we can hear God's voice, the only way we're able to hear God's voice and be able to discern God's voice is when we know God for who he is. When we've come to know God in a real, real vibrant relationship with God by faith, not by our good works, but what Jesus did on the cross for us. The fact that he brought us into a relationship with him, that he's walking with us, that, he, that we've come alive, we've been born again of God's spirit, 
And now we have a relationship with God. And we've become accustomed to God's voice. I know, for example, I can discern and I can hear my wife's voice and my children's voice. And people that I'm familiar with, their, their voice. Some people that I'm familiar with, their voice. I can hear their voice and I know who they are. And I can hear their voice sometimes above the, the crowd, above the noise of life. Sometimes there's going to be a lot of noise in our life, but that's why the fasting season is a time to slow down, to quiet down, and be able to really, truly listen for God's voice. But the question is, do you know God? Do you have a personal relationship with him? Have you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ and said, God, I understand that apart from you, I have no good life. I have no hope outside of you, Jesus. You are the way, the truth, and the life. And because I want to follow you, I want to know you in a deeper way, God. I want to know you, God, in a deeper way. But that is so important that you hear his voice in a powerful way. That learn how to do that. But when you are his, you begin to hear your father's voice in a powerful way. Fifthly, when God speaks, he uses spiritual mentors to guide us in our response. Notice that Eli was there in verse 8, the second part of verse 8. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. So I want you to understand something. God will put people around us, spiritual, uh, discerning people, that you can actually express or ask questions about. And through that, God can help you understand and grow in hearing the voice of God. God can help you grow in that area. Like God had placed Eli in that position to coach Samuel. So Eli, even though he was old and he had not heard the voice of God for a while, we could see that he discerned and knew exactly what needed to happen. And so he instructs Samuel what to do. He told him, go lie down. And next time you hear the voice of that person calling you, say, Lord, here I am. Here I am. Next time, when God, you, you start discerning and knowing and hearing God's voice, I want you to challenge you. Say, here I am, Lord. But look also to mentors. Be willing to, during this season, I want to challenge you that you would take time to maybe ask your small group leader. Ask your small group leader, maybe give, send me a text or email um, or call me. Um, somebody that maybe has mentored you, call them and say, hey, I'm learning. Is, what do you think about this? God's asking me to do this. I think it's always wise to run things by. And... Here's the reality. God will never speak and ask you to do something that's contrary to his written word, his revealed word. And so I want to challenge you that you be careful about that. Here's why it's so important. Uh, the reality is we can, we can maybe not clearly hear God and we think that we're hearing God and we can uh, do it in a very dangerous way. It can lead us to down some things. For example... Some people have told me before, hey, 
I know the person that God's going to marry. Now, that can be true, but you got to tread lightly with that because sometimes our heart can lead us down emotionally into a situation, so you got to be careful about that. So when God speaks, he uses spiritual mentors to guide us in our response. Do you have any, do you have spiritual mentors around you that are able to help you and coach you? Surround yourself in this season. Uh, sixthly, when God speaks, he looks for the hearts that are responsive. Verse 10, the Lord came and stood there calling out as, as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel says, speak for your servant is listening. God is looking for people that he can use uh, for his purposes and his plan. And the disposition that Samuel had was key, I believe, in God using him powerfully, even for his future. Um, a good illustration, too, I think sometimes is, have you ever seen in a, in a, in a sports where there's a, a team that, got a, that they're, they're playing and, Maybe there's an egotistical player who's prideful, and his disposition is always, it's all about me, uh, you know, and he doesn't hear anybody, and he doesn't listen to anybody, he doesn't listen to the coach, he doesn't play along with the players well. I believe God will use people that have a disposition to say, God, here I am, I want to be used of you. I humble myself before you. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. If you were to evaluate right now your heart, what's your disposition? Is it a disposition to say, God, here I am, use me? As you enter this fast and this prayer season, God, here I am, use me? Or is it, I, I'm God's gift to humanity? It's all about me. Is it me-focused? Is it self-focused? Do you have a hard time receiving correction from others? I believe we need to be careful about our heart and the condition of our heart because what, where, the condition of our heart will determine whether we listen to God, we hear his voice, and we apply what he's asking us to do in obedience. Lastly, another thing that we need to keep in mind is when, when it comes to hearing God's voice is when God speaks, expect that his voice will alter your life and destiny. Samuel, at that age, did not know the plans that God had for him. But it started him on a journey as he heard God's voice, discerned God's voice, listened to God's voice, obeyed God's voice. He was able to step into his destiny as a leader, not only serving in the temple, not only as a priest, but also as a National leader, a leader of a nation, a people group that God raised him up for a purpose, a plan to lead people's heart to the heart of God, to be people and help people be reconciled to God's heart. I don't know about you. I want to be that type of person. I want to be a person that God uses because I've learned to discern and hear God's voice. Oh, sometimes I'm hard at, of hearing. Sometimes I struggle with heart issues of, of, of hardening my heart before God. But that's why fasting is so important because it pulls us away and it starts saying, God, I need to hear from you so desperately. This is so important to me that I be in that place 
that I could be used of you, God, in such a way because I have chosen to set this time aside to seek after, to go after you, to hear and discern and learn to discern your voice. Like I've said before, we've set this time aside to seek God. And we're during this time, we're encouraging three different types of fasts. Uh, during the 21 days of fasting, it could be a water fast. Now, you better be careful with the water fast because, first of all, if you had taken medications, be careful. Do it carefully. Uh, water fast or juice fast. Um, and then also the possibility of a Daniel fast. Um, and we're going to be talking more about that on Wednesday, so tap in to the Zoom meeting. Uh, it's going to be a great time to be able to talk through more about fasting and prayer. And maybe if you already know about fasting and have already done it, I challenge you to join in and be able to share some examples as well. So we're encouraging us to do this uh, in preparation for the next decade of what God has planned for us. What has God planned for us here at Norwood Park? How can we reach this northwest side of Chicago where God has planted us to be a light on the corner here where God has planted us and in the neighborhood that he's planted us in? My question to you as we close is this. Are you consecrated to God? I believe Samuel was consecrated to God. He didn't even know God and he began to discern God. He didn't even know the Lord when God began to speak to him. How I want you to notice something. God is the one that initiated, initiated it. Are you consecrated to God? I want to challenge you with these practical steps. First of all, join the Fasting 101 training Wednesday at 7 p.m. Uh, secondly, I want you to take some time this week to determine your fasting plan in advance. What are you going to do? How are you going to prepare for it? it, it it's coming pretty soon, so it'll be next week. We'll be kicking it off on Sunday night. And so take some time this week to determine your fasting plan in advance. Uh, thirdly, read Scripture prayerfully. Take time to read Scripture. Uh, maybe even I mentioned Matthew 6, 33, uh, or Matthew 6, where it talks about giving, fasting, and when you give, when you fast, when you pray. Um, take time also, get a journal, I'm going to challenge you to get a journal and start journaling. I know some of that, you, you've never had that discipline of journaling, but I want to challenge you to do that during this fast. Take time every day to journal. What is God saying to you? What is God impressing on your heart? Who did he bring to your mind to pray for? Write that down. Make it a prayer journal. Uh, turn your hunger into prayer times. As we go into this fast, practically turn your hunger you're going to be experiencing some hunger, real hunger pains, physical hunger pains. So determine to use that as a trigger to get you to seek after God. As we close this time, we're going to close in a worship time in a minute, but I'm going to invite the worship team to get ready for that. But as we take this time, I want to pray for us that God would lead every one of us that God would help us to discern his voice, that we become accustomed to his voice, that we become accustomed to hearing his voice as he leads us and guides us. And that I want to take a time to pray for this congregation, us as God's people, uh, to prepare our hearts for this fasting season. If you just join me right now as we pray, first of all, before we do that, 
I want to say, if you don't know the Lord, you can know the Lord in a real way. And the way that you do that is you come to God and say, God, I confess that I'm a sinner, that I'm separated from you. And Lord, I come to you right now in humble faith, asking that you would come into my life, change my life, transform my life, make me a new creation in Christ. I want to live for you. I repent of my sin. I was going in one direction, and I turned to you, Jesus. And from this day forward, I want to walk with you. Take this time. Maybe if you pray that prayer, I want to challenge you to pray a prayer before God. The prayer is not magical. It's you crying out to God with all your heart, soul, and mind, saying, God, I need you in my life. I'm broken without you. I'm lost without you. And God promises that to him who believed on his name, he gave the right to become a child of God. And if you confess with your mouth, Romans 10, 9 and 10, that confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That could be you today. Let me pray as we close this time and we, before we close our time in worship. Father, we close this time in Jesus' name. God, I thank you, Father, for giving us the privilege of being able to practice this discipline while we're still on earth, the discipline of fasting and prayer. And Lord, we want to learn to hear your voice. We want to learn how to discern your voice. I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would lead every single one of us. I pray that you would lead us even now, that we would be able to hear clearly what kind of fast you want us to do for the 21 days. And I pray from the youngest to the oldest, I pray that you would teach us, even as parents, help us to teach our kids how to fast and see and hear your voice. I pray that there'd be Samuels among us. I pray that some of our children would be Samuels, that God, you are speaking to you right now and that you're going to be using. I pray that they begin to hear your voice clearly. I thank you for how you work in the lives of our children. I pray that from a young age, they would be able to discern your voice, that they didn't have a hunger, and that they would see us as parents follow hard after you, God, and seek after you. As we, next week, as we dedicate this time, Lord, and even as we go into this next season, this next decade, God, we dedicate it to you, God, that would be a people after your own heart. And Lord, I thank you and praise you for this congregation. And I know that you're going to do amazing things. So we consecrate ourselves to you today. And we ask that you would empower us as we go into this next decade. In Jesus' name, amen.